0: Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message.
1: Thank you, Shao. Appreciate you. Give it up for her. (laughs) All right. So I asked my six-year-old, what should I do today? And What should I talk about on the way here? And he's like, you should pray. Pray for the, pray for, uh, um, our vice principal and my wife, uh, she just, bless her, she just went to a funeral. Um, obviously, we all know Pastor George, his father. And then I had my good friend, Elliot, who lost his brother this week. So I want to start with just praying for them and for their families. Is that all right, church? So I'm going to take the words of a child to heart. So, Lord, we just lift up Pastor George. We lift up, we lift up Elliot and his family Father, we thank you even for the vice principal of my children's school who was 32 years old who passed away in a car accident this week. And Lord, we just lift up their families right now, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would give them peace. We ask, Lord, that you would be with them. We ask that, they would, that your word would come to pass that if a grain of wheat falls, Lord God, it would bear much fruit. Lord, we thank you that this would bring together families. This would restore relationships. That, Lord, this would uh, bring peace to these families, Lord. Father, I thank you for the revelation of life is but a vapor to everyone in these families, Lord. And those that are running from you, those that have rejected you, that you would use these moments, Lord God, to reach out and touch their hearts. Father, we, we, we speak peace over our pastor's family right now, even especially, Lord. We lift them up to you. We thank you for all the times and serving you, Lord God, uh, wholeheartedly. All the times of selfless love that he's poured himself out. So we as a church family lift up the Sotolongo family. We lift up Janice. We lift up George. We lift up his children, Jonathan and Jaden. God, we ask that you would speak to them, encourage them. You would give them the hope in the midst of the trial, Lord. We ask, Lord God, that no weapon formed against them would prosper. Every tongue that rises against them, we condemn right now, Lord, that you would cast down those arguments against this family. In Jesus' name, we ask that you would put a hedge of protection around them and bless them. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? Amen Amen and amen. Well, I'm excited to speak the Word of God this morning on short notice because that is the best way I operate. Um, You know, it just seems to be just kind of just the way I flow. I'm not a person that you know, goes and gathers notes for days. I'm not anything like Pastor George. He's amazing, but I don't. I don't flow like that. I just kind of, I, I I just kind of like the be ready in season and out of season kind of guy. That's that's kind of who I am. <laughs> I drive the 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 media team crazy when I preach because I'll send them an email at night and then have all brand new passages by the morning. That's just how I function. They already know I've done this a couple times. They're kind of ready for it, so it's like. You know, just kind of what we do. So I'm excited to, to get into the Word today. Um, strap on your seatbelts. are trying to break the world record of Bible verses today. Is that all right? Is that okay with you guys? We're going to have to go quick here. Chris, you better be ready. I hope you got a bottle of water over there. He's going to help me read today. I'm excited because the Word of God reminds us. And the Word of God is what enlightens us and rebukes us. So I like to, I like to be a, a speaker and a preacher because I like to share openly my rebuke. <laughs> That's actually sometimes what's happening up here, just so you know. I'll, g- I'll give you a little insight to preachers. A lot of times what they're given to you and preaching to you is because they've been rebuked by the Lord. <laughs> and they go, hey, I had to deal with this. Now you got to deal with it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and the Lord entrusts them, you know, in that situation, right. Moses goes up the mountain, gets something from God and brings it to the people. It's very similar. So I'm going to share my open rebuke with you, which is this. When I realize that I'm walking in a, in a lack of thankfulness in my life, something else, something starts to happen. I start to complain and murmur. And in complaining, the Lord has revealed to me recently that it's a lack of thankfulness in my life. And so, like I said, if I if I come hard in the beginning here and, and, and kind of speak, a little strong, understand that it's because I'm, I'm speaking to myself. Um, but it's time, church, to get over the complaining. <laughs> now, the name of this message is called Oh, Give Thanks, but we're not quite there yet. <laughs> I'm going to get there, I promise. But there is, a, there is a bad complaining spirit in the body of Christ in America. It's actually very, very stinky. It's very common for people in America and in our churches to complain about everything. I got this. You got, they're not doing this right. They're not doing the worship. To, you know, worship is probably one of the biggest complaints in most churches. Uh, if I did things that way or they did that song, they can't do this song. They can't do that song. I want an upbeat song. I want to clap my hands. I want to get the flags going. I don't like the flags, but I love the flags, but I hate the flags. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like a flag that brushes right over your nose in the middle of worship. It's like, hallelujah. (laughs) That's when we were sitting up here in the front. It just wakes you up. Was that the Holy Spirit? No, it was a flag. Okay, gotcha. But nobody's ever happy. Pastor preaches too hard on sin. Pastor doesn't preach enough on sin. Come on, somebody. The church is too cold. (laughs) The church is too hot. Some of y'all got blankets and and sweaters and the other are fanning. Right? You got the hoodie on over here. You know, I guarantee somebody in here is like, it's hot over here. What's going on? You know what it reminds me of? Reminds me of the people of Egypt, of people coming out of Egypt, people of Israel coming out of Egypt. Have you ever had this thought before that you said to yourself, Man, if God only showed up in power and glory, either to yourself or your family, that they would all follow Jesus amazingly, right? It's like this common thought. Why doesn't God just show up and, and, and reveal himself and heal my brother who's in a wheelchair or do this amazing feat and do this amazing, amazing thing? Why can't he just show his power and glory and then all my family and then I will follow him with all my heart? It's funny because God actually did that. Do you know that I believe that God disagrees with that theory? I think God disagrees that he has to show his power and his glory for you to follow him wholeheartedly. I think, I disagree. I think God disagrees with that. You know why? He's already tried that. He's, he's done that already with the people of Israel coming out of Egypt. They literally had a cloud by day, fire by night. God fed them hand and foot every single day for 40 years and what did they do complain murmur whine. i rather die with a full belly of meat than be out here hungry without with eating this manna every day so check your heart when you think that god has to do this or do that in order for you to follow him he don't got to do nothing Because guess what? If he did that just for you to follow him, your heart would eventually fall back away. Because he's got to do, 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 right? Because that's how we are. You know, my husband better do, 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 or I'm going to leave him. My wife better do, 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 or I'm going to leave her. Because mankind has that desire that to constantly be pleasing you or I'm not going to be faithful. the The Lord does not function with that type of love. Jesus said, blessed are you who... Believe, yet have not seen. But Lord, just show us the great works. You know, you would think all this time, Jesus walking, doing signs, wonders, miracles, all these people, right? You would think that everyone that came in contact with the beautiful Jesus, walking in the flesh, walking on water, speaking, multiplying thousands of of loaves and, and fish to multitudes of people. And where were they at the end of his ministry? Where were they? Were they in the upper room? No. They didn't have to uh, rent out some massive stadium for all of Jesus' followers. (laughs) All they had to get was this little small upper room because there wasn't that many left. But show us your wonders, Jesus. Can't you just do a miracle? You were here 30 years, Jesus. You wasted all those years. Why didn't you do 30 years of ministry? 30 years of signs and wonders. What were you doing for 30 years, Jesus? Why would you only do ministry for three and a half years? That 30 years was a waste. You could have been showing everyone that you're real. And God's like, I don't need to function that way. I don't need to walk and, and, and show and prove to you I'm real by my signs and wonders. Oh, Jesus. I'm going somewhere, I promise. This is my introduction. You know, went to a funeral. Me and Pastor, Pastor Keith, this weekend, like I expressed, my, the vice principal of my daughter's school passed away. I saw him every morning you know leading the traffic of the school telling us to park going and stuff like that he's 32 years old just had a just had a baby i think they're two months old his first child you know uh my one of my best friends elliot his his brother passed he was 40 something years old he was paraplegic his entire life 40 something years so you have all these thoughts right and you question like why god why why do you allow this? Why do you allow that? Why don't you do this? Because when we question God and we ask him those whys, we're basically telling him if he just does everything the way we think we sh- he should do it, then yes, we'll follow him, right? That question is basically saying that to God. Don't do things your way, God. Do things my way, and then we'll all follow you. Like, Lord, we, we, sometimes you think we can help God out, Right? <laughs> Lord, let, let me help you out, God, give you an ABC and how to make people love you and follow you. And God's like, you don't see things the way that I see things. So we're gonna dive into that this morning. Let's go to Exodus 14. And we're gonna just kind of just kind of get a preview of, of people's hearts that are living in day and night glory with God, day and night, signs, wonders. God is appearing, Moses' face is shining. The, the priests are eating with God on the mountain of glory. I mean, you name it, they did it. They saw it. They were in Egypt. God took them out of the heart, the hand of, uh, of Pharaoh, and led them to the promised land, right? It's this beautiful story of God. And I see that story, and I just think to myself, every time that I question God on this side of time of why he does things the way he does, he's like, just look at my people Israel. I did everything perfectly to get them out and look at their response. It's our example. It's our example of God saying, okay, I'm going to show up in all of my glory. And then what is going to be your response? We have no excuse at that point. And again, the reason why I say this is because I think on eternity. And and the other day we were at the, uh, we were laying the casket down and I was walking over grave sites and trying not to, you know, step on the grave sites. And, you know, I don't. I don't have anyone close to me that I visit. Uh, Many of you may have at the cemetery, so I don't go often. And just looking at those gravestones and, you know, 1987, born, died 2016. You know, born 1959 and died 2001. And just seeing all these, these, you know, time frames of their life and doing the calculation of how old they were and how so many people were so young, most of them in their 50s, 60s. You know, I always thought, you know, everybody lives to be 80, 90, right? I mean, PK, you're almost, what, almost 80, right? Um, right. right. I mean, at least you can't shrink anymore, at least. <laughs> I love PK because you can, you can you know, crack on him and he doesn't come back at you, you know? It's like, free going. Right? <laughs> I love you, PK. We were hanging out this weekend. It was great. I know, right? But when you walk over the cemetery and you look at all these people in their lives that were so, you know, it's like a vapor here today, gone tomorrow. And I look at that and I think of, then I thought to, to myself, because I've been struggling with just complaining and just, you know, just kind of like just anxiety. And then I just, I'm not a person that has much anxiety. Um, but recently when PG spoke on rest, I really took that to heart because I said, I know I've been carrying some extra anxiety with my new job and other things and, and just, you know, life. And it just kind of gets on you a little bit. So I, that rest message was, was very big for me. I really tried to take hold of that and apply that. But it's like in the midst of all that, you know, uneasiness and the complaining and all that, I felt like the Lord was just reminding me. About thankfulness. That it's a, it's a when I see a, my complaining spirit rising, I realize that my songs of praise and songs of thanksgiving have been declining at the same time. It's very rare to be living a life of thankfulness and praise and worship and you wake up humming a song and you wake up with a song in your heart and you're singing and you're extolling the lord and and you're also complaining a couple minutes later it doesn't happen often it's so elementary it's such a natural elementary principle of the kingdom but we forget about it church can you say amen well let me show you an example of this in scripture exodus 14 30 to 31 go ahead chris
0: So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt, so the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses.
1: Look at that. They did it. God showed his great work, and all the people feared the Lord, right? They all followed God perfectly after that. (laughs) You can leave that verse up there. They saw the great works of God right? My, 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 my brother didn't pass. I didn't go through no trial. I didn't go through no temptation. I'm not going through any tough time in my life. The great works of God, right? We think we have to be in this perfect scenario where we have no tests, nothing going wrong for us to do that, right? To be thankful and believe the Lord. But yet the minute something comes, especially in the church, we all complain and we murmur. Let's see it. Well, actually, I'll read this, Exodus fifteen, eleven, right after that. They see the Lord, they they, they they see his wondrous works and they sing these beautiful songs. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like God? Moses is singing it, all the people rejoicing. Moses is standing up there, he's got a million Israelites behind him and he's like, This is about to be amazing. We got out of Egypt, I got all my tribe with me, we're going to the promised land, we should be there within a couple days, everything's going to be perfect, because they saw all that God did, they they saw the plagues, they saw everything, this is going to be amazing, come on guys, follow me, I'm Moses, and everyone's going to follow me, because we saw the power of God in Egypt. And how can we ever doubt God now? Let's go. Imagine Moses has no idea what's about to happen. Poor guy. Poor guy. Why? Because he doesn't understand how, how the human heart is and the condition of man's heart. How quick it is to forget. Let me ask some of you in here, has God done anything for you in your life? Raise your hand. Anything amazing, a a miracle, a sign, a wonder, a salvation, a family event, right? Anybody? How quick you are to forget. The minute something comes and the walls close in, the anxiety comes, the doubt comes, the fear comes. And God's like, how many times do I have to show you my faithfulness? (laughs) Oh, man. They sing their song. Moses is feeling good. And all of a sudden, right, immediately the complaining starts. I mean, immediately. Read Exodus sixteen two through 3, Chris.
0: Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger.
1: <laughs> Man, you should be an audio Bible, bro. I'd listen to you anytime. <laughs> you know, I'm driving in a car listening. I'd be cracking up. I love it. <laughs> it's true. Immediately, they, they see the sun. Imagine, they see the water turn to blood. They see this amazing plagues. They see, let my people go. And the minute they get out of there, they see the the Red Sea split, walk through it. I mean, you think to yourself, like, I went through this, I am never gonna doubt God. If he if he just did that and we're walking in the ocean, right? And I'm seeing blue whale and Nemo in the water and all this stuff, you think I'm gonna doubt God after that? Immediately they're complaining oh, you did all that just to kill us? What? It seems crazy, right? And, but the problem is this. We don't realize that that's us. That's us. We're so tied down with Egypt. You know what Egypt is, right, guys? It's right outside those doors. It's right when you get in that car and you leave here. That's Egypt. The world. The Bible says, be not weighed down with the cares of this world. That's Egypt right outside there. We come in here, we feel glory, we go out to Egypt, and we start complaining. It's true. Egypt's still in us. Right? God took Israel out of Egypt, but Egypt is still in Israel. It's deep inside. Exodus 17, verse 1 through 7. I told you we're going to get through some passages. Keep going.
0: Then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin. According to the commandment of the Lord, encamped in Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people contended with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, why is it that you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children, and our livestock with thirst. So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people, and take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand your rod which you struck the river, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah. Because of the contention of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not?
1: Is the Lord among us or not? Is God even here? Is God even in my life anymore? And God's like, do you not remember last year when I broke in and and spoke to you? Or I remember when I was in the mission field and I was relying on finances. Boy, this was an everyday fight. Come on, right? You know how that is. He's going out and believing the Lord for finances, and it's from one financial miracle to the next one, I promise you. God breaks in, gives you an amazing financial miracle, and then it's like, All right, well, guess what? It's the first again. (laughs) You know, my mortgage company, my rent company, they don't care about what happened last month. It's the first. (laughs) And you have to constantly pull from your past. Psalms 106, verse 7 through 21. Read that one for me, Chris. Psalms 106, verse 7 through 21. I'm getting somewhere, I promise. I'm getting somewhere. I just want this to kind of continual Come in in your heart here so you can realize that he doesn't have to do something for you to stop complaining. He doesn't have to do something for you for you to be thankful. He's already done it. Okay, that's the point of this. I'm just letting it out there. Like the disciples, when they were like, you know, arguing who could be the best among them. Who can be the greatest. They're all being with Jesus. Should we cast down fire? Should we want to be with Jesus? We want to be the best. Grumbling. It's the same spirit. Same thing from Israel has happened with the disciples as well. Fighting amongst each other. Who's the greatest? Jesus saying, just be a servant. Just don't do it for your own self, for your own gain. Struggling with the same thing Moses is struggling with, with his own disciples. He said, don't rejoice that that you can uh, heal the sick. Don't rejoice. Rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. You've got all your heart. Your heart is in the wrong place. You're rejoicing over the wrong things. You only rejoice when something happens. I believe God doesn't answer our prayers for this reason, for for many of us. Because if he continued to answer our prayers, we would rely on those answered prayers for our joy and fulfillment in Christ. Now, that might mess with your doctrine a little bit. God loves to answer prayers. But there's certain things that we ask for with the wrong heart. Come on, somebody. And if God would have answered some of your prayers, your life would be hell. Because you don't know what you want or need. Right? My kids, for everything they ask me, I don't give them. Because if I gave them everything they ask me for, I would actually be a bad father. Oh. They would be unhealthy. Especially my middle daughter. She got a sweet tooth. She don't want to eat no protein. She has heard the word protein a hundred times in the last couple days. You have no protein on your plate. (laughs) She just wants carbs and bread and sugar. If I listened to her, I would be a bad father if I gave her everything she asked for. Our God the Father is the same way. Read Psalms 106, man.
0: Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember the multitude of your mercies, but rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his namesake, that he might make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. He saved them from the hand of him who hate, hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. The waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left.
1: Read this next part slowly and with the Spirit of the Lord on you. No then
0: they believed his words.
1: <laughs> start over, start over. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> then they believed his, his words. They sang his praise. They soon forgot his works.
1: Say it one more time.
0: They soon forgot his works. Keep going. They did not wait for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness. And tested God in the desert. And he gave them their request. But sent leanness to their soul. When they envied Moses in the camp. And Aaron the saint of the Lord. The earth opened up and swallowed Dathan. And covered the faction of Abram. A fire was kindled in their company. Mm. The flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf in Horeb. And worshipped the molded image. Thus they changed their glory into the image of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt.
1: I could quote to you that same passage in Romans where it says they traded the corrupt, the incorruptible things for the corruptible. It's one of the most clearest verses for the record on homosexuality, Romans chapter 1. They traded the corruptible things, the incorruptible things, excuse me, for the corruptible. They traded the, the, the clean things of God for the unclean things of God. They traded the things that God formed to be holy, like intimacy between a man and a woman, and they traded it for unholy. Any reminder of what's going on in this nation right now? This is what people do who are living from one fulfilled moment of pleasure to another. One fulfilled moment of desire to the next. What happens if you don't get certain desires and prayers that you ask for? What will you, how will you respond? Will you respond with complaining? Where is your joy found? Come on. That is what I'm asking myself. Where is my joy found? Is it found in the goodness of God? Is it found in Christ alone or is it found in the works that he has allowed me to walk through or the good works that he's given me? They soon forgot his works. The Bible's telling us God could give you everything of your desire, all your works, and you would say, "If I, I just have all this anxiety and all, this, um, um, all, all these things that I'm asking for that I don't get. If he just gave them all to me. He's letting you know this morning that you would still forget him if he did. Why? Because you're longing for the wrong thing. We're going to talk about giving thanks this morning. And I'm going to start reading some passages to you. And I want these to hit your heart because the opposite of complaining is thankfulness. So if we were walking like Israel in a complaining spirit, how can we be like Jesus In a thankful spirit as he's getting ready to go to the cross. Which is the exact opposite. (laughs) And the, the worst, most horrific event is about to happen. And Jesus has a thankful heart. Compared to the most glorious in our eyes. Signs, wonders, miracles, plagues. God is doing so much wonders, amazing things. Complaining. But yet Jesus is about to go to the cross. And he is about to suffer persecution, and he's full of joy, and he's singing songs of praise to the Lord. We're going to see that in a second. But I want the Bible to kind of quicken our hearts this morning. Philippians two fourteen: do all things without complaining. Say, without complaining, church without disputing that you may become blameless and harmless, a children of God without fault. Now here's the thing, and here's one of the main points I'm going to say today. The people out there in Egypt don't know the difference between us and them because we don't shine with thankfulness and joy. We complain just as much as them. So what is different? What is different between you and your coworker when you both have a, a bad attitude Monday morning? Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. We're meant to shine with joy, not based on our circumstance. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God. Philippians 4.10-13 Chris, can you read that one?
0: But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need. For I I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me.
1: Come on, somebody. Say amen. Do you know what that verse is about? (laughs) We use that verse all the time. It's on our bumper stickers. Some of you got tattoos of it. Don't even know what it's for. I can do all things in Christ means when I'm hungry or when I'm full. That's literally the context of that passage. When I'm blessed in my eyes, blessed because you should always be blessed. But when I feel blessed or when I feel in need, I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things. The things of being in need and the things of feeling blessed. That's the context of that passage. I can do all things through Christ. And those things may not look so good sometimes. And they may look better at other times. But I can do all those things in Christ. From the lowest, the hill of the valley, to the high of the mountaintops. Come on, P.K. From as low as low as my deepest, darkest moments, when I feel no God with me. Sometimes that we call the wilderness, right? Where We don't feel his presence. We don't know what's going on. We're having a wilderness moment. We can't feel the Lord. We don't get an answer. You know, I always think about that, that statement. It's just so true. Like, the teacher never gives the answers during a test. Maybe it's just me, but that always spoke to me. <laughs> during a test, the teacher never gives the answers. Alright. You ever see those guns in those mafia movies with like the the big old thing with blah 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 blah, blah 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 with the Bible, you know, the bullets start coming out? What are those called? Tommy gun. Tommy gun praise time. You ready? You probably not gonna follow on, it's alright, but I'm gonna quote the verses for you. I search the word praise the Lord in the Bible. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Psalm one forty six one. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Psalm one fifty verse six. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Psalm one forty eight verse one. Praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright in the congregation. Psalm one eleven one. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. Praise your God, O RCC. Praise the Lord in His sanctuary, Psalm 150, verse 1. Praise the Lord, you Gentiles. That's us. All you people, Psalm 117, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise Him, O servants of the Lord, 135, 1. That they might observe His statutes and praise the Lord. Psalm 150, 1, verse 45. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, Romans 15, 1. Psalms 135, 21, blessed be the Lord who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, all you earth, the great sea and creatures. Psalm 148, verse 7. Psalm one fifteen seventeen. 17, the dead do not praise the Lord. Oh, so somebody in here better praise the Lord. First Chronicles 23, 20, to stand every morning and thank and praise the Lord. And likewise at evening. But bless the Lord from this time forevermore, Psalm 115, 18. The Lord shall reign forever, Psalm 115. And I can go on and on and on. I promise you there's more in the Bible about praising God and being thankful to God than about him answering our prayers and getting everything we think we need or want. The answer for your anxiety is praise. The answer to a generation depressed, longing for love, the highest mental health uh, 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 diagnosis ever is, been, is right now this generation. Very common for a 22-year-old uh, young person to be on medication for mental health. Praise the Lord. If they actually actually walked out praise and thankfulness, they would not walk in those mental health, in my opinion. Because it all comes from a place of thankfulness. I want to break, break into the, my next portion of, of my teaching now, which to me is very important. It's going to start in Mark 14, verse 24. I'll read that to you. And I want to point out a very important time in Scripture, obviously with Jesus. So remember, Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. And the time that this is happening is during Passover. Now, I want to remind you what Passover is. No, it's not Passover right now, but I still want to talk about Passover. Is that okay, church? Because I want to now remind you of how I just talked about Egypt and talked about how the people of Israel were in Egypt, right, and God passed over them with with the final plague, the death of the firstborn. They put the blood of the lamb on their doorposts, And that's the Passover. So that tells us in the midst of judgment, there's mercy. And that mercy comes through a lamb and a lamb of God. So this Passover theme and this thought of God passing over our sin and giving us mercy is now the context of what's surrounding Jesus before he goes to the cross. So this happens. Mark 14, 24. Jesus then takes this, you guys know this passage, and he says to him, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the wine until that day in the new kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Everybody say sung a hymn. I know we read past this really fast. Jesus, the Lamb of God, with no sin, is about to go to the cross. And in the midst of the most, because we know that anxiety came and we know that uh, Jesus felt the weight of the world in the, in the in, in Garden of Gethsemane, about to happen here in a, in a little bit. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was so stressed that, that, that sweat and blood began to mix together and he was sweating blood. So if anybody knows what that feels like, it's Jesus. You've never felt the weight of the world on you, trust me. <laughs> So that that glory, oh, hallelujah. We got some hymn singing in that side. That's all right. <laughs> so Jesus is now about to enter into this moment of weight, and he sings a hymn with his disciples. I think this is a beautiful picture, an example of how to come against that weight. You don't have to call it depression, just the weight of what's what you're going through in your life. Jesus is sitting there at his table, and he begins to sing songs of praise. I want to show you what those songs of praise were. It starts in Psalm 113. So in the Passover, when they're preparing the Passover meal, they would sing Psalms 113 through Psalms 118. These are called the Halal Psalms, Hale Psalms, however you want to pronounce it. Okay. So Psalms one thirteen verse one. Let's start there. It starts with there. It is. Everybody say praise the Lord. Lord. Did you know you just said hallelujah in English? Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. It's the same word. Praise the Lord. The word praise is halel. Okay. The word praise is halel, and that word means to be clear, to shine. To rave, to act foolish, to celebrate. Come on, somebody! I was watching a prayer, a praise song the other day from Matt Gilman when he says, "Come on, come on, everybody dance! Come on, come on, everybody dance! Hallelujah!" And I just, I love that song because we used to do it all the time at the house of prayer. And it's, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, oh, thank, clap your hands, all you people, dun, dun, dun. right? Y'all, some of you guys know that song. Other people just laughing at me like I'm weird. It's all right. But whenever that song comes out, you know, the weird dancers start coming out. I love it. You know, I'll be at the front. You know, they, the, the, I love it when it's guys, too. You know, come on, bro. I know you got some moves. I seen you in there. You know, they got the weird jumping with the, with the leg. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. And the praise comes out, and you start dancing and twirling. I love seeing men do that. I'm just saying. That's just me. Because, you know, we got all that ugh in us, you know, all that much I can't dance before the crowd? How dare I? You know like like David's wife. What are you doing? You're undign- you're acting, you know, he's like I'll be more even more undignified. <laughs> I don't know why that came up, but I thought that was funny. <laughs> to be crazy, to make ourselves almost look foolish to glorify, to give praise. The word halal. Halle, hallelujah. Hallelujah is praise. You're praising the Lord, Yah, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Yah. The word Yah is in the word Luya when you put them together. Hallelujah, Yah, Yahweh. Every time you say the word Hallelujah, when you separate those two words, you're saying praise the Lord. I remember going up in church, you know, I went to a Spanish church a couple times. I didn't grow up in church at all, actually, but I went to church once or twice, and I would hear the the Spanish ladies in the back of the church. Come on, y'all know how they sound. Come on, somebody, how do they sound? Thank you. (laughs) I know, somebody knew it in here. Hallelujah. I love me some old intercessory Spanish women. Come on now. Hallelujah. 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 I always wonder what that word was after this study that word carries weight now in my heart maybe it does none for you today it's okay but when I say praise the Lord my heart comes alive hallelujah praise the Lord Yah, Yahweh hallelujah every time you say it you're making a decree this is the Psalms of Hallel, the songs of praise. Psalm 113, verse 1. Praise the Lord, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forever. Don't stop praising Him, church. Now, I want your heart, I want you to, as I begin to do this, I'm doing something on purpose here. As we start to go through these next psalms, watch what happens to your heart. This is a key practical practical elementary principle of your walk with God if you take this home and apply it I promise you you will see breakthrough if you apply what we're doing as we read in these scriptures we're making decrees about God not about you (laughs) hey guess what it's not about you surprise the other day I was talking to a friend of mine at work you know, he's like a Spanish say, qué lindo, you know, in the spirit when a young person doesn't understand scripture, and he's like, I don't know. I went to this thing and everyone was saying, like, I want to die for you, Jesus. And he's like, I don't want to die. <laughs> man, that made me so happy, man. It's our, our buddy from work. And I just start I look at him like the way like I felt like just this joy. Just God just takes so much delight in that. Like, Lord. How do, how do we look sometimes when we respond the way we do, like children? God's like, you're so cute. You don't know how it works, do you? But watch what happens as we read these passages. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth forevermore. From the rising of the sun till it's going down, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God who dwells on high, who humbles himself to behold? the things of the earth. It's beautiful. Look at Psalms 114. Turn to Psalms 114. The T the, the might not be up there. If you got your Bibles, let's go. When Israel went out of Egypt from the house of Jacob, from the people of a strange language, and Judah became a sanctuary, and Israel is a dominion, the sea f- saw it and fled. Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rams, the hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you fled, or Jordan, that you turned back? O mountains, tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. Psalm 115, now unto us, O Lord. Now remember, Jesus is singing this. Don't forget that part. Jesus is singing this at the Passover. Now, unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory. Because of your mercy, because of your truth. Verse 2. Why should the Gentiles say, So where is their God? But our God is in heaven. Now, imagine if you actually sung this when you woke up in the morning with a bad attitude. <laughs> just like, All right, let me just go on my time with the Lord. <clears throat> But our God is in heaven who does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold. The work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Oh, all of a sudden I start feeling a little little encouragement from the Holy Spirit. I'm waking up. Was that my coffee? I don't know, but maybe it's the Bible. Eyes they have, but they don't see. That's right. They don't know you, God. I know you. They have ears, but they don't hear Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in the Lord. Oh, Israel, trust in the Lord. He is your help and your shield. And now the the word starts getting in you. I promise you, I'm giving you practical things to do. You can do this in your car as you're driving. You could do this in the morning for 15 minutes before you head out the door. Whatever it takes. If you start blessing God and waking up with a thankfulness on your tongue and a psalm, why would Jesus do this before he went to the cross? I want to follow in his footsteps. He's singing this to the Lord. The heavens, verse 16. Even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he's given to the children of men. The dead do not praise the Lord. There it is again. God's speaking to somebody. Nor any who go down into silence. For we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Look at Psalms 118 quickly. Psalm 118. I'm trying to get somewhere real quickly. Chris, read Psalm 118 all the way to verse verse 9 for
0: me. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say his mercy endures forever. Come on. Let the house of Aaron now say his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say his mercy endures forever. I called Stop right the there
1: for a second. His mercy endures forever. I want to just take a minute to talk on that. That is one of the great, the most common descriptions of God throughout the entire Bible. You'll see it all over the Bible. His mercy endures forever. That word mercy means loving kindness, steadfast love. So you can read it this way. His love or his faithful love, steadfast love, his faithful love endures forever. I love how Bible gives us the glory of God and the power of God, and then washes it with the love of God. You're going to notice here as we go through some of these last scriptures as I begin to wrap up. You guys, all right? I'm getting, I'm getting to my final point. I promise. As we're going through this, we're going to see the glory of God and we get this fear of the Lord, but then it's always with the foundation of the love of God and the mercy of God. The mercy of God. Go back, keep reading.
0: I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side and I will not fear. What can man do to me? For the Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better mm-hmm. to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surrounded me, yes, they surrounded me. But in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them.
1: Go to verse 19. I can't see that. Oh, sorry. It's okay. I'll read it. Open, me, open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them. I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. You, wanna, you want your gate and you want your door out of depression? Praise the Lord. You want to live a life of thankfulness that when people see you, they see something different about you, and they go, I don't know what it is about you, but you always are joyful. Have you ever known someone like that? I still remember a lady I used to work with from probably 20 years ago that I I worked with her for like five years and I never saw her have a bad day. She was amazing. I always remember. She was Seventh Day of Venice. I always asked her about it. She says, God is good. God bless you, Enrique. Good morning. And I'm like dragging my feet. I'm like, I'm supposed to be a Christian too. I'm like, what? Oh yeah, is he good? I guess so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I be real with y'all? Is that all right? I know you guys wake up like shining the glory of, on your face like Moses. You know, and me, I just need that cup of coffee to try to get going here. But why can't we walk with joy? It's because we always are complaining. <laughs> but the more we see this, and the more we read these passages, and the more we ex- exalt God, something changes in our heart. Again, why would Jesus do this? He could do anything in his last moment with the disciples. His last time of singing, worshiping. I could imagine they did this over and over again for three and a half years. Jesus and his boys, hanging out, singing psalms, thinking, oh, saying prayers, reading through the Torah and the prophets. He's reading through the word, sing, and he uses this time right before the cross to sing songs of praise. And he chose the Halal, the Haleh psalm, Psalms 113 verse 118. And, and it's funny because these songs are saying around the lamb that they're eating <laughs> as they partake of lamb as they eat the passover meal he goes guys i i I understand that we're going through a lot but i desire to eat this passover meal with my friends jesus desired it his last moment his last kind of like hanging out time right before all the craziness that's about to happen he spent it eating the passover lamb and eating with his disciples gathered around the lamb and singing songs about the mercy of god there's one last one that he's saying to me is very important. I'll have the worship team come up. And many believe that it was Psalm 136 was the final one. Now this is a little backwards and this is debatable, so don't quote me on it, but some believe that this was the final Psalm he sang. But the reason why I say it's backwards is because this is the actual song they would sing when they chose a lamb for Passover. So as, as the priests began to choose the lambs for Passover to give to all the families to remember that God is faithful. You guys following me? As they chose the lamb, they would recite this psalm and sing it out loud as a body and a congregation. The priest would recite a verse, and the congregation would then repeat it back to him. And that's Psalms 136. But as they get ready... We're about to do a declaration this morning. Is that all right? I want to read Psalm 135 because I just like the Bible. So I have no reason. But I think something good will happen. Let's get ready. Let's see what happens. Psalm 135, verse 1. There it is again. Hallelujah. Everyone say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I hope you say hallelujah differently after today. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, all you servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing his mercies. Sing his praises to his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself and Israel as his special treasure. For I know that the Lord is great. Our Lord is above all gods. See, the devil doesn't want you to read this. Oh, church, you got to get this. The devil doesn't want you to start your day with these passages, end your days with these passages. The devil wants you to forget his works. Just like in Egypt, it said they saw his wonderful works, but they forgot his works. What this does, as you read Psalm 113 through 18, Psalm 135 and 36, 136, when you read those scriptures, those halal Psalms, so psalms of praise, as you read them on a regular basis, as you have, it doesn't have to be those only, but those, I can give you that as an actual activation for you, try it, try those psalms of praise, I know for me personally in my walk with God, whenever I feel myself getting weighed down with this world, I don't know why this could be different for you, it's not anything I can say biblically, well I think so, but it's, I go to the book of psalms, Because it wakes worship up inside my heart. It wakes up praise in my heart. Because praise and worship, same thing. It's not the slow songs and the fast songs. Come on, somebody. Jesus, if my wife was here, I know I would have got an amen out of her. (laughs) You can praise the Lord on a minor key. You can praise the Lord on a major key. Come on! You can praise the Lord on a trumpet. You can praise the Lord on a harp. You can praise Him with a cymbal. You can praise Him on a microphone. You can praise Him in your chairs. You can praise Him at your job. You can praise Him in your works. You can praise the Lord in everything you do. And as you live a, a life of halal, hallelujah, praise unto the Lord. As you live that life of halal. And you walk that out, your heart would not be weighed down, church. I promise you. Jesus, I hope we get this this morning, Lord. He destroyed the firstborn of Egypt, both man and beast, verse 9. He sent signs and wonders in the midst of all Egypt. There's nothing wrong with works and wonders. I want to clarify that. This is what we're rejoicing on. Those are those things in the past that we tell we tell ourselves that God is faithful for the future because he's been faithful in the past. So when we do have a story, a testimony, hallelujah, thank you for sharing that today. When we have a testimony, we give that testimony to declare God's faithfulness in the past that we, we know and have hope for his faithfulness in the future. That's why we rejoice in his works that's why when God does bless us in those moments if you follow God long enough you're going to have times of worship in meetings where it feels like Jesus is sitting next to you in the room and he's got his hand in your heart and he's restoring everything your family's going to make it your wife's and you are going to be living in a, you know in this beautiful you know um, honeymoon state. <laughs> Your kids are going to worship Jesus tomorrow, right? You have all these amazing thoughts and you go out and immediately some of that doesn't happen and we doubt. Then you're going to go to other meetings sometimes where you don't maybe feel God in the room. They're going to be in meetings where you start to worship and you kind of sing in a song, but you don't really feel anything. What is the difference? There is no difference in God mm-hmm. when you feel him or you don't feel him. I want to clarify oh, yeah. that right now. We are not people that live off of our emotions. We are people of the Spirit. We are people of the truth and the Word of God. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter how you feel when you wake up if you should be faithful to God or not. I'll give you another point of that. It doesn't matter if you recently slip and fell and you feel condemned whether God is faithful or not. Or if you should praise him or not. Oh, well, I can't praise God because I messed up last week. That is a lie from the devil. And actually, that's one of his greatest weapons. Is that when you struggle, he doesn't want you to praise it. Praise through it because he wants you to be condemned. I break that off of you right now in Jesus' name. That is not from the Lord.
0: You can praise God
1: no matter your circumstance. Because the purpose of your praise is not you. Oh, wait. You didn't catch that. If you struggle with praising God because you just messed up, it's because you're still praising God about yourself. But praise is actually about him, not us. So guess what? I set you free. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've (laughs) done. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter even your future. God is worthy to be praised. Jesus. I hope that sets you free right now. It's not about you. It's about him. You can praise any time good, bad, righteous, unrighteous doesn't matter. Praise God. Come into the church, homosexual. Praise the Lord. Come into the church, heterosexual in sin with your girlfriend. Praise the Lord. Same thing before God. Heads up. Come into the church, Mr. Pornographer. Praise the Lord. Adulterant before God. He doesn't care. Let all who have breath praise the Lord. Because what might happen, it might not happen to everybody, but maybe possibly there's a chance that when that person starts praising, they start letting go of who they are and draw near to who he is. During Pride Month, my favorite passage right now is, His mercy endures forever. Let the rainbow go up again. His mercy endures forever to a generation walking opposite direction from God. He still asks his people to boldly declare his mercy. Praise the Lord. You know what that word actually means? And to give thanks. It's actually the word give thanks. Excuse me. I'm going to start reading Psalm 136 and it starts with this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. The word give thanks literally means to toss. (laughs) It literally means to put an arrow and loose it. That's actually what the word means. It is to give thanks, to release it publicly in the open for other people to see the glory and the shine of it. How many people want to praise the Lord in their daily life now? I want you to stand with me. The word give thanks is interpreted as give public acknowledgement. I told the Lord this morning when I woke up, I said, Lord, I want to give you thanks publicly today. So if you came in here and you didn't receive none, that's all right. I still blessed you. But I wanted to give thanks to God publicly and i believe that we all should want to give thanks to god publicly for he is good can you say amen
0: thank you for tuning in for more information about us please visit RemnantChristianCenter.com.